Thank you for coming out early today. We just really wanted to honour Mick at half past 11 and, and there's going to be quite a different turnover of people coming in and you're more than welcome to stay and be part of that because he's very much part of our lives. You know, so feel free to sit where you're sitting. Feel free to, but if you are going, please take your stuff as soon as you can. There will be tea and coffee on after. Um, we're going to give him a great send-off today. Really celebrate his life. That's what it's going to be about. Right, we're going to turn to the Word of God, and like I say, we're here for an hour, so I want to just be tight on it. Sean's going to start the recording. Probably always starts, so it's already put it on my time. But here we go. I want to I want to talk to us over the next number of weeks about some things that we need as humans basic needs, and I'll go on and talk about them briefly in a minute. But what a world we're living in. Wow. There's wars going on. There's people with superpowers who are doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. There's, there's famines, believe it or not, in the world that we live in. There is economic crisis. There's natural disasters that are happening. There's things that are going on. Political correctness is, is another thing. You know, I believe this that political correctness, if, it, if I could say it, breaking the teeth in for the dog, political correctness is of the devil. This has got to be right. This has got to be right. You're going to offend that person. You're going to offend this person. You're going to offend. When we follow Jesus, the gospel is offensive. Maybe we need to start offending some people. And I mean that in the greatest of respect. Don't just go out here and offend people. I'm talking about offending people for the gospel. We've got banks and money institutions falling all over the place. There's fraud like you've never seen before. Marriages are breaking up more than they've ever done in 2023. Families are falling apart. Not painting a great picture. But this is the world that we live in. But I do believe we live in a great world as well. And we live in a great world because of Jesus. Our city, our streets are looking for hope. That hope has a name. It's, it, it's Jesus. In 2023, there seems to be more sickness than we've ever seen before. Maybe we're a bit more aware of it. Maybe we... we a world where there seems to be more questions than there seems to be answers. So we ask that question and it leads to another set of questions. And then we deal with those questions and it opens a whole wide range of other things. This is what I believe. And I've got this understanding from the Word of God. The Word of God from listening to, I've probably listened to, and, and I'm sure you have too, thousands and thousands of sermons. Hundreds and hundreds of Christian podcasts. About thousands and thousands. You will have too. I have seen hundreds and spoke to hundreds and hundreds of people about their personal testimony. About God has shown up. In fact, we could just go around the room. That would take us probably till next week. Sharing the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives. 
truth is what I believe. And it's formed from those things that I've mentioned. That firstly, we need to hear this. And why do I keep saying this? Because we need to live this every day. That the God that we serve, the God that is centered to our hearts, Jesus who sits on our throne, is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he's still sitting on the throne. Did you hear me this morning? Whatever's going on in our world, whatever's going on in our city, whatever is going on in your life, good or bad, the highs and the lows, God is still in control. Why do I keep saying it? Because we need to keep believing it. We need to keep living it. God is living, he's breathing. Hope has a name, it's Jesus. I keep saying it. So I want you to understand, why do I keep saying that he's sitting on the throne? Because he hasn't gone off it. The only time he got off it was when he formed you at the beginning. Because that's how valuable, how much worth he believes and he sees in us. That God is in control. Say to the person next to you, God is in control. You might not see it. You might not understand it in the good and the highs and the lows and the ebbs and the flows of life. But God is in control. And the one thing is, is that with all this stuff going on in the world, he knows the beginning from the end. In your situation, good or bad, he knows the beginning from the end. He knows that everything, good and bad, has an expiry date. And if you are living in the good, there will be an expiry date. And if you're living in a bad place at the minute, there will be an expiry date. I believe that because of Jesus. But God is sitting on the throne. And when, and maybe, let me give you a practical tip this morning. Keep him seated on your throne. And you know what might help with that? Don't watch the news. It's going to mess you up. They're going to tell you a story that isn't always true. They're going to propagand some stuff just so they can bring worry and anxious. That's political correctness. That's the devil doing what the devil does best. time you picked up a newspaper or they reported about something good. You know, lots of places around Sunderland give out food and juice stands. Now, I, I don't know if you know this organization. I don't know if you like it or don't like it. I, I'm not bothered, but the Sunderland Soup Kitchen do a lot of stuff in helping people. That was mentioned in the news the other week. That's good news. I want to see that news. The papers will propagand, the news will propagand. The devil is working to say that Jesus isn't sitting on the throne. But we need to tell a different story because Jesus is sitting on the throne. In our streets, and you know what's going on in your streets better than anybody else, and the pandemic probably highlights some stuff a bit more because you get to see what's going on. The devil will tell us that the streets belong to him. Well, devil, your time is up. Because those streets belong to Jesus. Because he's still the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that sits on the throne. And that's relevant for your street as it is for where you do business. I love Jesus. He has a way, doesn't he, of pulling things together. So how long ago was the Bible written? How long ago did he live and was walking properly among us? And how long ago was these words inspired by the Holy Spirit? And, and he puts things in like this. I promise to, to not forsake you. I promise not to leave you. 
And people think that this Bible, this Holy Spirit breathed Bible, is a joke, is a fairy tale. There's stuff in there that he knew we needed for 23. That was high. <laughs> the Word of God is living and makes a difference today. Hope has a name. That name is Jesus. Why do I keep telling you this stuff? Because you need to live it every day. Because if you understand that Jesus is on your throne, everything else is going to work out a lot easier. doesn't matter what comes your way, good or bad, if Jesus is sitting on the throne of your life, we're good. You know, my mates use this term sometimes, it's gravy, baby. And if Jesus is sitting on the throne of your heart, it's gravy, baby. It's all good. Promise to never leave you or forsake you. And I believe this, that in those second things, in me forming, that Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the answer. Is that there's lots of questions. I said there's a lot of questions that have been asked. Jesus is the answer. Did you hear me? These questions that have been asked, Jesus are the answer. So how are we going to fix things like homelessness? I don't know. Got great people working on it. Godly people working on it. But the only way it's going to be fixed is by Jesus breathing life into it. Our education system, and we have great people talking into it and working into it and praying into it and working into it, is only going to be great and fixed if Jesus is right in the middle. So these questions that we're asking about our health service, how are we going to help the NHS? How are we going to move forward? How is it going to... Jesus needs to be right in the throne of the middle of all these things. When Jesus is the throne of education, of business, of housing problems of poverty, of Jesus is right in the middle of it, things are going to change. But how do we get Jesus in the middle of it? We are responsible to bring Jesus right in the middle. Jesus sits on the throne of your heart. So Maslow is a psychologist. He has some theories about what we should have, and he has this chart, and I'm not going to go into any, he worked it out in, I think it was 1943, it might have even been earlier than that, of the needs that we need as people. I read them, and I'm like, he's right, but that's way too deep for me. But this is what I do understand, this is my basic understanding of life, and I'm, I might be wrong, and I'm happy to admit that I could be wrong, but here are some of the basic human needs that we need. And over the next number of weeks, I'm going to unpack some of these. Some of the leadership team are going to pack some of these. So who would agree with me? We need water. We need air, oxygen. We need food. We need light. We need rest. This is my list. We need shelter and warmth. But you know what we really need? Yes, we need all them. We need God and Jesus. Our city needs all these things. They need God and Jesus. You know, the 
human body. Amazing, isn't it? But 70, 75% of that is made up of water. So I, I'm not fat. I just hold water. Exactly that. So you might be 70% water, you healthy kind of living kind of people. I'm probably 90% water. So, so throw a pastor a bone, will you? It's interesting how important water is. Every part of who we are needs water. Education system needs water. The business sector needs water. The homeless people need water. The homeless, whatever we're involved in, needs water. What happens when water dries up? We see famine. We see people struggle. We see cities drop. How long can we live without water? So the experts, great men and women for me, have gone before us. We can live three days without water. Interesting. Three days. In fact, if you're like me and I'm a bit of a Bear Grylls kind of guy, as you know, and I'm out and... But in every survival guide, there's this rule. This is world-known. It's called the rule of three. Three days, you can live without water. Three weeks, you can live without food. Three minutes, you can live without oxygen. And maybe some of you are a little bit clever, and maybe some of you can hold it for four and a half minutes. reality is at some point, if there's no oxygen, if there's no air, we're going to die. But it's interesting, let's come back to the water thing, that when we look at a tree, you know this mighty oak tree? It's 75% water. No, it's not. 75% water. The water is feeding it. The water is giving it life. The water is giving it strength. The water is making it blossom. The water is then allowing the tree to produce oxygen for us. You know, people say they want to cut trees down. You're cutting the oxygen out of where you live. Takes the toxoids out of toxoids. Toxoids. I'm, I'm going to say it like that's a word. Takes them out of the area. Oh, pastor, where are you going? It's a good point. Where am I going? And maybe another basic need that some may argue is that we need internet. Maybe not. A certain generation would argue we would need it. 70% is of water. Water is vital in bringing life. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in the modern day, water is vital in bringing life. Water is good for our health. Water is good for the way that we move things around our city. Water is good to make things. Water keeps everything under control, temperature-wise, for the earth and for us. And if we don't have it, it deteriorates very quickly. Let's go to John 4, one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm going to move on. 
about the woman at the well. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. All, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came into a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you, for I drink, you would have asked him and you would have given you living water. And you would have given living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did all his sons and his flocks and his herds. Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And the story goes on that he said, go and call your husband. She said, actually, there's a problem there. She'd been married five times. She'd been divorced five times. He was with another lover. Um, well, there's a problem there, Jesus. Jesus wasn't trying to catch her out. He was trying to say to her, love, the way you are living is a different way. There's a different way. There's a, there's a water, there's a life-giving water that isn't just a physical water, but a water that's going to change your life. It's the same for us. There's a, a, a life-giving water in Jesus that's going to change our life. The, the, the way we go forward, not just how, how we are healthy, which is important. The Word of God says the springs, fountains spring up within us. And God wants His water, His life to spring up in you. In your situations, in the places that you come and you go, he wants his water to spring up in you, the water of life. Come to me, those who are thirsty. You'll drink of me and you will never be thirsty. We live in a world where they're thirsty. And it doesn't matter if it's money, if it's football, if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, if it's whatever. It's never going to meet the need. And maybe you're thinking this morning, I just need to get this promotion. I just need to do that. I just need to draw from the water of Jesus. Because you will always be fulfilled. Always be fulfilled. Life-giving. Life-drawing. She, she goes on and he talks more about her life. And he isn't about beating her up. He's about actually having his arms open and saying, Lady, go and be different. You see what happens, this life spring of water that's in her not only makes her different, but she goes and she tells the city, she tells the town what Jesus is saying. It becomes a town evangelist. 
and we see that the town, the city, the village, the whatever you want to call it, comes to know Jesus. Why? Because she was right at the source. Uh, have you ever tried working a well? Sometimes you can't just draw. You have to draw from the source. This morning I want to challenge you about drawing the life-giving water from the source of Jesus. You know that situation you've got with your kids? Draw from the well of Jesus. Because he will make that spring out of fountains of water, out of blessing. Water is talking about Holy Spirit as well. Flowing through you into the situation. I don't know how we move forward in this. Draw from the well of Jesus. Lots of scriptures about water. We've got time to go into them today. But you see, what was Jesus doing at this well? He shouldn't have been there. In fact, where they were going, if you look at the scriptures and you look at the route he was going, they could have gone a different way. They could have gone a quicker way. Firstly, you need to understand this. Jesus will go any way he needs to to get to you. He will go through any route that he needs to to get to you. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? Any route that he needs to to get to your family, he's going to take that route. And he doesn't have to go over the hills. He doesn't have to go around the houses. He's going to take the direct route to where you need to be. Why? Because he is the life-giving source. And he's not bothered that people say, you can't do this, you can't go this way. I need to get to you. If you have kids, if you don't have kids and you have ones that you've looked after or a family member, and they're on the phone, and they say, I need you, and they're, and they're desperate. They're not going to go, well, I might get there. Just give me 15 minutes, and then I'm going to just put the uh, chicken in the oven, and then... I'm going to take the longest route to get there because it's, it's, it's a nicer route to get there. How are you going to get there? Stuff the chicken and you're going to get in the car or get in the bus or go wherever. And you're going to go to the direct route to save your boy, save your girl, do whatever you need to do for that family member. How many times have we heard that somebody is dying and we have dropped everything to rush to go and see them? Well, Jesus will do anything that he needs to and take any route that he needs to to get to you. Well, you don't know that person. They're going to be in the way. That thing's going to be in the way. He does not care what is in the way. He is going for the direct route for you. When he stuck his arms out on the cross, that was his direct route for you. I need to hear this morning. He will go any direction he needs to to get you and help you and save you. I'm just talking about knowing him and saving him. You understand what I'm talking about? See, what, what else was going on in the well here? He shouldn't have been there because of his tradition of who he was. Because of, he's a Jew, she's a Samaritan. And he was like this. You're a Samaritan. You're a Jew. And they would walk across each other in the side of the... This is the culture that I'm talking about. 
And we think it's just a 2023 thing that people and cultures don't mix right. And it goes back way then. People would spit. People would say, you're worth nothing because you're from there. you are a Samaritan. I am bothered that you draw from the top. And how bothered are we by people in our lives, oh, I can't go near them because they are whatever it is. Can't go near them because they are associated with. Break down some cultures. Jesus is talking to this woman. He shouldn't have been talking to a woman because he's a man. But he broke it down. He shouldn't have been talking to her because she was a Samaritan. I'm not bothered by that, he says. I need to tell you that you need to draw from the light. And he's telling you this morning, draw from his light. If you take a direct route, you'll break any culture down. You can learn some lessons here. Well, I'm not going to speak to that person because they're. As long as you're safe, don't help that person. Somebody said to me, and it offended me, a few weeks back, you wouldn't help a Muslim, would you? And I was offended. Because yes, I would help a Muslim. We might have a different of doctrine, but I would feed a Muslim. I would give a Muslim drink. Why? Because they need the source of Jesus. And Jesus broke down culture. We've got to be wise. I, I get that. Is Jesus sitting on the throne of your heart? Is Jesus sitting on the throne? Everything about this room. Everything about this room. Warts and all, highs and lows. He knows everything about you. Highs and lows, warts and all. And Jesus made a choice. He broke some culture stuff. He took the direct route to get there. And he made a choice. Okay. Here's this woman. I know what she's about. So now he makes a choice. Does he have something to do with her or doesn't he? Knowing some of the past pains and some of the things that she carried. That's why Jesus went out of his way. Because we carry past pains, past hurts, past whatever it is. And we need the source to giving life, the spring life of Jesus, the water to, to refresh us, to restore us, to set us free. And sometimes, not just because this person is labeled with a group, sometimes we look at people because we know their history and we're like, wow, they're damaged. I don't want to be part of that. 
I don't want to be involved. That's not my business. Yes, the point is not. But that person needs the life-giving source of Jesus in that situation. There's lots of situations I come across every day. I, I don't know what to do with. I'll be honest. The Word of God says very clearly, if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom and it'll be given to you. And I just want to throw this out, that maybe you need to break some stuff in culture. Maybe you need to take direct route to get to some people. Maybe you're not disregarding because of the last pains and the things that they carry. Us included, we carry pains and we carry... We die without water. The world around us, the earth, the creation dies without water. How much are we dying if Jesus is not sitting on the throne with us? I wonder how long we could go without Jesus before we are dying. Before we are struggling. Before we are on a downward spiral. It's interesting how many times people say to me, Struggling, struggling, and struggling. When was the last time you went to the sea? When was the last time that you went to your work? Or you sat with your friend who you said you were going to tell everything, but you're not allowing them now to speak into your life? These things have a knock-on effect if we're not drawing from the source. If Jesus is not sitting on the throne. Physical water is, is massively important. And the Spirit, by the water of Jesus, is, is even greater. Now, if you're thirsty, come and drink of me and you will thirst no more. Those things that we strive for, fine. We can strive for things, but they are never going to fulfill us. Never going to fulfill us. It's interesting, I spoke to people for many, many years how... If only I got that, I thought, if only I got that promotion, if only I conquered that hobby, if, if, if I got my whatever. And you, and you know, for a few moments, maybe for a few years, they're satisfied. You know, there's always conversation around that. I might have got that, whatever it was, but I feel lost again. I feel I have no purpose. I wonder how many of us here in the room thinking that we've got to where we need to be and then we do realize we haven't got the purpose that God has called us to. It's okay to go after these things, but keep drawing from that source, the life-giving source. Lots of scriptures talk about water. And in fact, next week, I felt really prompted to, to preach um, John 5. And I'm going to finish here. John 5, and I'm going to talk about it just briefly. And you will know the story. He's been in Christendom. And next week, 
for you some. Why don't you go and read John 5? And it's talking about there's a stirring at Jerusalem. At the gate, people are sitting because they want to be healed. And there's this pool of water. The water is just water. But then the angel of the Lord keeps coming and stirring this pool up. Stirring this water, whatever it sits in. And as people get into the water, they're getting healed. John 5 talks about a crippled man who gets into the water and he's asked, do you not want to be healed? He says, sir, I can't be healed because nobody will take me to the water. I'm believing next week that if you want to be healed, we're going to really pray for you to be healed next week. Really sounds like I've not been doing it urgent enough. But you, I felt God say to me that next week, preach on about stirring the well up, stirring the water, and invite people to step in to be healed. Draw from the source. Draw from the well of life. Break down culture, break down barriers. Go directly to whoever you need to get to to get Jesus today. Because all these wars, all these problems, all these struggles, all these questions that we have, the answer is Jesus. Oh, really? Is Jesus the answer to that? Yeah. Well, is he the answer to this? Can't answer that. This week, instead of going to Google for the answers, why don't you go to Jesus first? Jesus has got more answers than Google. Now, Google's good. the life-giving source of hope and the Holy Spirit working through it. There's more I want to unpack. I, I hope you're catching my heart this morning. If not, I've had a good time studying it anyway. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what's he saying? Split second before we, before we close. What's he saying to you? Are you drawing from the well, the source of him? Are you allowing that well to overflow into other people's lives? It's life-giving. Is Jesus the king of your soul? Does he sit on the throne of your heart? Because if God is revealing something now and says, actually, no, that's the throne of my heart, you've got to realign with the Lord. Got to realign with the Lord. Get and align with the Lord as you draw from His life giving water from the fountain of hope. Father, so much more I want to say, but Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak through this word, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would 
transform us both, is that Lord, we would go away just closer to you, Lord Jesus. Help us to understand what it is to have you as the King of Kings when you sit on the throne of our hearts. Help us to understand what it is to draw from the well of you. Jesus, wonderful name. Amen.